Welcome to Sex, Love, and Psych, a podcast where I will be interviewing folks from a variety of backgrounds and perspectives to educate, inspire, and expand our worldviews. Hello, uh, welcome to the podcast. I wanted to give you a moment here to kind of introduce yourself, what you do, who you are. So go for it. Awesome. Hello, everyone. My name is Anne, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm a sexual health educator. I'm located in Edmonton, Alberta. And yeah, I've been doing this job for about five years now. And most of the time I'm school-based. So I go into schools like calm class and talk to students about healthy sexuality. Uh, I'm there to support teachers and teaching sexual health. And not only do I talk to youth, I talk to university students, I talk to uh, people in recovery. I talk to teachers. I talk to nurses, lots of different people, Uh, really anyone who wants this information. And yeah, my business is called With Consent. And I really like that title because pretty much any sexual experience, you got to have consent. And consent is a really important part of our whole entire lives. So, yeah, I kind of base myself as promoting consensual, healthy relationships, uh, whatever those might look like. Yeah. Awesome. So you did mention you work in schools and with a lot of different demographics. But I know today we were kind of wanting to discuss um, how parents can start having those conversations with their kids and teens. Uh, have you kind of noticed that there's more demand coming from parents for more education? Uh, not to me directly, but I was talking to a psychologist and she's noticed that like parents are looking for help, specifically with people with diverse abilities. So that's kind of her specialty. So she kind of noticed that like, especially with that population, uh, sex and sexuality is like really ignored. Like usually not just parents or guardians, but like the world kind of consider people with diverse abilities to be like asexual or not interested in sexual activity. So that's really unfortunate because they're usually the people who need that information the most. Right, the people who don't get that information, obviously they need it the most. So yeah, parents, it's usually after maybe some concerns or some issues that they need help. So there's not a lot of proactive parenting, sexual health education in that demographic, Uh, but there needs to be, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not just parents, guardians, workers that work with those people, like pretty much everyone around them. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if a parent was kind of interested in starting to help their child or youth or teen um, with sex education, where would you recommend starting? Like how early should we be starting this? Okay, great. Actually, (laughs) I did after my whole spiel, I actually do remember that like a couple of 
personal friends or acquaintances, like people I know, they know me as a sexual health educator. So they've actually talked to me about resources or like questions that they they have about their kids. So I guess so. I guess maybe I am answering a lot more <laughs> questions to parents about sexual health than I thought I was. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, parents do reach out for that stuff. So, yeah. Where to start? What age? Honestly, <laughs> as soon as possible is probably the best answer. Uh, well, first, naming the body parts. So when you're talking to a baby, like a parent talking to a baby, you might name the body parts like head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Like there's that song. Mm-hmm. So they're naming those body parts, but sometimes they'll either just skip over the genitals or they'll give a nickname or slang term to the genitals. And honestly, that is practiced still to today, but it was practiced like many, many years ago, like 1930s, 40s. 50s, 60s, 70s, where people were growing up, uh, not knowing the proper names to the genitalia. And so what studies have shown is that if you're not using those words when people are super young, uh, then if they're not naming penis or vagina, uh, if people ever get touched in those areas, especially kids, uh, they don't know how to communicate that, right? Communicate that abuse. So if people are talking about people's bodies, just the normal, natural way they are, and naming those body parts and talking about consent and like, hey, no one should be touching those body parts if you don't want them to, especially if they're older, if they are not a doctor for sure, or if it's right someone that's not in the family that you have given permission to. So. It's actually a really good way to help prevent abuse is to name the body parts when people are as young as babies, right? Learning about that, learning that bodies are natural and normal. Uh, Talking about uh, stuff like menstruation, right? Sometimes people, maybe in a family, they're just like, okay, we're never gonna talk about that because they maybe feel shame or guilt around something that is natural. So if people don't talk about puberty and like the changes that are gonna happen, then sometimes that can be actually more harmful than less harmful, right? They might be thinking they're protecting their kids, but there actually could be uh, just like harming them by like not being, not having open and honest conversations with them. Yeah. So I say as soon as possible, really. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Like keeping age appropriate, but ASAP and following the development. Yeah. Yes. Like, thank you for mentioning developmentally appropriate. Because like, uh, sometimes like kids have questions about pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you're not going to be explicit about that, but saying, hey, like there is a person growing in there, there's a baby uh, and maybe about like sperm and egg and how that might work. And then like, yeah, just telling them that that's a normal, natural thing for pregnancy to occur. I actually had like a friend who had a kid and we were at our house and our other friend was pregnant. And I was like, oh, 
do you want to learn? It's like, do you want to know what pregnancy is? Like, do you want to know about that? And they're like, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. Then not the time. I'm not <laughs> curious about it. But if they're coming to you with questions about that stuff, then yeah, it's perfectly appropriate to tell them how that stuff works. <laughs> and yeah, just letting people know that what it is instead of kind of lying about it or pretending that pregnancy doesn't occur. <laughs> yeah. 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 So even, yeah, even coming back to you talking about like menstruation and sometimes we have that awkward or the shame or something. Um, do you have any kind of advice for parents who have that own awkwardness or embarrassment, but they want to start having these conversations? Oh yeah. Like, uh, well, first kind of acknowledging that, right? Yourself. The topic of sex, sexual health, pregnancy, menstruation, all that stuff, we don't talk about it every day. So if we don't talk about something every day, uh, it might feel awkward to talk about that stuff. I talk about this stuff every day, so it's not very awkward for me to talk about it. But again, someone who doesn't, it might be really hard for them. So just acknowledging that and being like, okay, this topic, it's really hard for me to talk about it. Don't have to discover why, like maybe that's something you want to do, but the why doesn't usually matter. Just, okay, this is how I feel about this topic. And showing compassion for yourself. Being like, well, this topic makes me feel uncomfortable and that's okay. Like, I don't have to be comfortable with every single topic in the entire world. So giving a little self-compassion and forgiveness too, like, hey, I don't know a lot about this topic. And again, that's okay. And yeah, so forgiving oneself is really important. Kind of knowing where your education might lie, that's good. And then how to start these conversations. Hmm. Well, kind of going back to creating an open, honest communication. So, and this is a little sidetrack, like Santa Claus, like adults, for the most part, were like, yeah, that's not a real guy. <laughs> and so we might have fun talking about Santa Claus and right, like having those conversations, but you're not a real guy. <laughs> so maybe even just like explaining to someone like, I don't know, I just have a being as honest as possible, right? That's more like a fun thing. Santa, he's going to bring us presents, right? That's a positive kind of like lie to tell people, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> but when we're like lying or like ignoring things that will happen, like puberty, like menstruation, uh, then that's what could cause a little bit of harm. So that's why I'm saying be as open and honest as possible. And it could be like, hey, this is a really awkward conversation for me. Like, and so if it's awkward for me, it might be really awkward for you. And kind of like sharing our feelings, sharing that vulnerability uh, might make 
that young person be like, oh, okay, then it's normal for me to feel awkward about talking about this because my mom is awkward about this. <laughs> yeah, just kind of, it is putting yourself out there a little bit. But I would also reflect on your own beliefs and values too. Kind of like why you want to talk about this with that person. Because like sometimes people are like, no, I don't want to talk about this topic with my kid. Great, then you don't have to, right? That's if you don't want to, you don't have to. <laughs> but if people want to talk about it with their child, but they feel awkward about it, then kind of focusing on uh, what's important here. The talking about it is important. And so kind of like being honest, sharing your vulnerabilities, being truthful to that young person will also help that young person to be truthful to you in the future. Kids, young kids love to be honest, right? Sometimes <laughs> a little too honest, yeah. <laughs> but honesty is great, usually, yeah, great. Yeah. And teenage years, maybe, if people weren't honest when they were younger, they might not trust in a parent or guardian as much, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you lied to me about Santa? Like, what else are you holding back on? Like, yeah. well, hopefully nothing really important, right? Santa, lots of fun, but not the important stuff. Like, I don't know, puberty, relationships, too. Uh, friendships. Like, I talk a lot, if I'm talking to younger grades, I talk about friendship. Because we want to have healthy friendships. So maybe talking about those types of relationships is a lot less awkward than talking about more intimate relationships. So maybe start off there. Like if you want your kid to have a healthy relationship with their friends and they know what a healthy relationship is, maybe then when they are thinking about romantic people, then they can be in those kind of healthier relationships. So it's kind of like, meeting the person where they're at too. Like they have friends, talk about friendships. <laughs> if they're going through puberty, talk about puberty. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Like embracing the awkward almost when you need to and like acknowledging your limits, maybe having some extra resources for things you don't know. Yeah, be like, I don't know this. I say that all the time. I'm like, Oh, I don't know the answer to that question. Either I'll look it up on my phone or like I'll get back to someone because I don't even know everything <laughs> there is yeah. to know. And kind of just like meeting them where they're at is like they're learning, you're learning, and you can learn together. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, one aspect you did kind of mention there was like that open, honest communication. Um, if a if like a person's child is maybe in their teen years and they haven't had that previous kind of open, honest communication, but they're looking to kind of open that door a little and correct that, like how do you start building that when you haven't kind of established that early in life? Yeah, okay. I get a lot of self-forgiveness too, because like we can't go back in time. So it could be like a waste of 
your mental resources to just be like kicking yourself, being like, oh, I didn't talk about this at this age. And like, yeah, you feel bad about it, but let's focus on right now and what the person is experiencing and what they need help with now. And like, can't go back, so let's focus on the now. Uh, what else? Kind of. Oh man, I kind of forgot the question too. <laughs> no worries. It's just about like starting that open communication. Yeah, and sometimes you can just walk. I call it probing, I guess. Kind of just seeing where they're at. That's the other thing too. Like again, asking how their friendships are doing and like talking about consent or talking about friendship. Because, yeah, maybe if a teenager is not telling you if they have a partner or they have a crush on someone, maybe they do want to keep that private for you. They might not keep it private forever. Could be for, like, the beginning of a crush. That's totally understandable. <laughs> but, like, asking how they interact with their friends or watching how they interact with their friends. Uh, yeah, just checking in with them and asking them how they're doing or sometimes like since they talk about sexual health in schools maybe asking their kids like what they're learning in school or like are they excited about that topic or they're awkward about that topic and sometimes like media is a really good place to start conversations too like you're watching tv all together and then there is a queer person in that show and you're like this is how I feel about queer people or like kind of just bringing it up and like talking about it maybe there's um talk about condoms in a show and then you're like well, I don't know like <laughs> you can see your teenager's reaction or like you can talk about it it's like oh those are barriers like they're there's so much new technology out there now, not like what I had back in my day, like for example. So just kind of like finding those opportunities to connect with a young person, a teenager. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really nice because a lot of us I know when I think of like parent sex education, we think of like the parent coming up to the teenager and being like, hey, let's have the whole talk right now but you're kind of like encouraging just opening the conversation when you have the opportunity to yeah a lot of people think it's just one talk but again just like consent it's not just asking someone once it's an ongoing conversation with another person so uh we should be talking about it at different ages we should be talking about when things are going on in the world too like you could just talk about trends uh you could talk about media again media is a really good way to like connect with people it's like oh i really like that same song as you the artist is blah 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 like yeah and just like kind of connecting making meaningful moments of connection because then that young person might come to you so you might not even have to go to them. They might even come to you, too. Yeah. 
And like pro tip, I guess, <laughs> uh, is when you have alone time with that person too. Cause like sometimes, I don't know, the rest of the family is around or like their friends are there or your friends are there. So having some alone time, maybe when you're driving them to school and stuff like that, can't really get out of being in a car. <laughs> so that might be a good place to kind of be like, hey, let's plan and talk, right? Like let's do a lot of prep work before talking about it, but kind of like, you can't, yeah, like can't get out of the car. So this is a great time for us to connect one-on-one. -on -one. There we go. That's probably yeah. a better way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too, especially even if like it's a short drive that might even relieve some of the pressure because, you know, it's like this is just a quick little like five minute check in and it's like a lot less pressure than, as you said, like the one talk where you could just be like sitting in the living room trying to go through every topic you can think of. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. So, yeah, just little tiny little bites. Yeah. yeah. And, like It kind of reminds me of a. Uh, there's. There's this psychologist, Goffman, the Goffman Institute. They suggest like checking in with your partner weekly on a weekly basis. So again, like that's a type of relationship. And so checking in with your young person, maybe on a monthly basis, whatever feels good to you. Yeah, checking in never hurts anyone, yeah. So that concludes part one of this interview. I think that this has been a really great exploration already of how to approach the topic of sex ed with your kids, teens, youth, whatever. Uh, make sure to tune in next week. We'll dive in a little deeper on some of that awkward feeling, steps you can take, and some resources. And that was another episode of Sex, Love, and Psych. Thank you to my guest for their vulnerability, courage, and sharing their experience and knowledge with us. And thank you to you, my listeners, for tuning in and always being there and willing to learn.